For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. It is, Lord, overwhelming. to try to ponder that there is no power of hell, no scheme of man that can remove us from you. And it's because of what Christ has done. Will you imprint that upon our hearts, speak to our minds, move our wills, And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Next week, I'm going to be beginning a a series in Ephesians, and I can't wait. Uh, I've been uh, studying it for some time now, and I just, I can't wait to get into it. But over the past... uh, few years on Anniversary Sunday, we have taken a time out of whatever series we were in, and we have looked at what are, are called the five solas of the Reformation. Uh, the, the five solas, those are five pillars that the Reformers determined, this is what, this is what really matters. Not that there aren't a lot of other things that matter, but these things, these five, we cannot waver. And so, we began with Soli Deo Gloria. For some, that's out of order. There's a lot of different orders of the five solas and... uh, uh, sometimes that's the last one, but I, I wanted to put that one first to set the tone uh, several years ago. It means uh, glory to God alone. And then last year we did Sola Scriptura by Scripture alone. In other words, that's the foundation of our faith. It is the Scripture. It is not uh, the traditions of the church. It's not any traditions. Scripture alone. The third one, which we'll look at today, is Solus Christus, or Solo Christo, Christ alone, or through Christ alone. And then there is Sola Fide, by faith alone, and Sola Gratia, by grace alone, which we'll look at in the next couple of years. 
We trace our heritage to the Reformation, to the Scriptures. So as we consider these, uh, these pillars of the faith, it helps us to draw back to where we've come from, where we need to stand, and it's, it will always be a corrective to take us in, in the right direction if we hold to these. With that, I agree with the Reformers. So what was the issue? Why, why did they say uh, uh, Christ alone, solus Christus? Why would that even be necessary to say for a church? What prompted them to make that one of the five pillars? Well, the medieval church had added a number of human achievements to the work of Christ. It was baptism, like we did today. Nothing wrong with baptism or any of the things I'm going to mention. But the problem was that unlike what we clarified today, there were those in the medieval church that were saying, this is a part of your salvation. Yes, indeed, Christ died on the, on the cross. But you also must do this. Or they added in the Eucharist. They added in confession. Or it was indulgences. And on and on. To the point where it was no longer being taught that salvation was entirely by the finished work of Jesus on the, the cross. And that alone. And that's the key. See, they, ne they never got rid of Jesus. They never got rid of the cross. But they added to it. And that's the problem. The key word is the alone. The finished work of Jesus on the cross. Alone being sufficient for the salvation of all of his people of all time throughout all generations. And they at the time were teaching that it was the work of God plus our own righteousness. Now what, what that did was, by them teaching that you, you have to have your own righteousness, meaning the sacraments and, and other things, is it gave the church a great power. Because you had to go to them for those sacraments. You had to go through them. And so... Uh, men and the church achieved a great deal of unwarranted power that should not be bestowed upon men or the church that belong only to Christ. And the Reformers knew that that was the most basic of all heresies that they had to deal with. And so that's why, solus Christus, Christ alone. Today, I'm going to give you briefly three 
only ones. I know, that doesn't make sense. Three only ones. The first one is only one mediator. The second one is only one time. And the third one is only one way. Now, that's not all you can say about Solus Christus, but it will give us parameters. It will get us started in terms of remembering why this is so important. So the first one is only one mediator. First of all, when you think of a mediator, uh, typically we think of a go-between. Uh, someone, you know, there's a, some kind of a dispute or something, the mediator uh, should be able to see the truth and goes between the two where there is some kind of a dispute, the middleman, Christ is qualified to go between God and man because he is fully God and fully man. He's the only one qualified, right? Because he's fully God and fully man. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, it says, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Which, by the way, Christ Jesus indicates his deity. So the man, the deity. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So salvation has been accomplished once for all, which we'll talk about in a moment, by what is called the, the mediatorial work of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you like the theological terms, okay? So get ready, all right? It is... The, the penal substitutionary atonement. The penal. The penalty. Substitutionary. One in another's place. Atonement. Pain for sins. So, here's what happened. Because we couldn't pay for our own sins because we're sinners. He goes to the cross. And so our life, our sin, is put on Him. But here's the other side of that. We don't want to forget the other side. And that is, He's perfectly righteous. And when we are trusting in Him alone, His righteousness is put on us. That's the only reason why we can ever approach the Father. Because of what Christ has done. That's His finished work. It wasn't partially finished. It was done on the cross as the mediator. Now, if the emphasis is there's one mediator, what is that ruling out? Well, it's ruling out other mediators. Who were the other mediators they were concerned about? Well, in the 
Middle Ages, during that time, the church was saying, look, here, here's your minister, here's your priest. you got to go through him. You want to talk to God. you got to go through him. Now, most of you know that my prayers are no better than yours. And when people come to me and they say, will you please pray for, for this? I literally had two people, as I was walking up here, ask me for prayer for two different things, two different families. And I want you to know I'm honored by that. And if I say I will pray, I will pray. So, so don't be um, put off by what I'm about to say. But I don't want you to ever think that somehow if you come to me and I pray, then something different is going to happen than if you go and you pray. That was a hearty amen. (laughs) And it should be. Because here's the thing. Here's what the Reformers wanted to emphasize what they called the priesthood of all believers. So no longer was it this this order of people that somehow got into this position of power, but he was just one among all true believers who then could go directly to who? To the mediator. There's only one mediator. So you never have to go through me. Now, once again, I I treasure when people ask me to pray with them. But please understand that you can pound the throne of grace as heartily as any other believer. So, only one mediator The second only one is only one time. I'm going to read you several verses. Hebrews 7, it says, He has no need, Jesus, like those high priests, speaking of those in the Old Testament, to offer sacrifices daily. First for his own sins, See, that's what had to happen in the Old Testament, right? The priest had to come, and before he could ever begin to offer a sacrifice, he had to take care of his own sins, which shows you he's just the same as everybody else, even even at that time when there was that order of priesthood. So speaking of Jesus, he doesn't have to do that for his own sins and then for those of his people. Since he did this once for all when he offered up, himself. He was without sin. So the nature of his sacrifice was perfect to where it only needed to take place once. Hebrews 9 verse 12, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, 
but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. The, the, the blood of, of goats and calves didn't actually take away sin. Did they cover, in a sense? What they did was they pointed to the ultimate sacrifice of the perfect Lamb of God. And that's why they had to do them over and over and over again. And that's why once Jesus died and his work was finished, he's not offered over and over. We have an empty cross because he was offered once for all. It was sufficient. And then I read to you earlier from Hebrews 9, verse 24 to 26. He entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself. So he didn't just go into the temple, into the special place. He went straight to the Father to the, appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer him repeatedly as a high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world, but as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by sacrifice of himself. And just one more verse in, in Hebrews 10.10. 10. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of, blood, uh, body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, you may be saying, why are you making a big deal of that? difference does it make whether it was once for all or he's sacrificed again and again or, or we were back in the old sacrificial system? What difference does it make? Well, here's the difference it makes in, in my life and in your life right now. If it was once for all, if it was perfect, then we must quit trying to add to it. So when you act like you got to work for your own salvation, or when you fall back into that, i gotta, I got to do this today so God will love me more. i got to be good today. I hope I'm good enough at the end of my life. When you fall back into that, the implication is what Jesus did was not enough. That's why this is so essential. If we understand he did it once for all, we can be secure that if we are trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our eternal life, we will be saved. Thanks be to God for that. The third only one. Only one way. Acts 4.12 there is no, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. John 14.6 Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. This may be the most politically incorrect thing that Jesus said. At least in our day, it's politically incorrect. And you know, what's amazing is we always get blamed for it. You bunch of narrow-minded, you know, Bible-thumping Christians. Why do you call me that? Oh, because Jesus said he's the only way and I happen to believe him? You see, it's okay. We didn't determine how broad or how narrow was the way. Jesus did. So we should be okay with that. You know, we've sometimes talked about the the coexist bumper sticker. We should coexist. I, I I don't get mad at people that have coexist on their bumper. Uh, In fact, Christians should be the best at coexisting. We should always be respectful and loving towards others. Always. So we should not have a, a problem. Now, I realize that's not necessarily what they're trying to communicate. Some who have that on their bumper. And by the way, I've, I've seen them in our parking lot, so I'm not calling anyone out. I don't know who has them or who doesn't. There is a way it's, it's okay. Because we do live in a pluralistic society. But coexisting, being respectful of others and their beliefs, does not mean that they are all equally true. Because they can't be all equally true. Because all of those symbols on the coexist, uh, if you look at what they believe, they contradict one another. And some say, oh, well, yeah, of course, Christianity contradicts. No, the others do too. Islam, Judaism, they contradict each other. They contradict Christianity. Even Buddhism. Some think Buddhism is just so, well, whatever anybody thinks. Somebody asked the Dalai Lama about that. By the way, don't go to your friends and say, yeah, yesterday at church our pastor quoted the Dalai Lama. You know, that's... But he did say this, nirvana is only explained in the Buddhist scriptures and is achieved only through Buddhist practice. You know what he was saying? There's only one way to to (laughs) nirvana, and that's through Buddha. Okay. So let's at least be honest. Coexist, absolutely. Do it respectfully and lovingly. But if Jesus is the only way, and we really believe that, the most loving thing we can do is to tell others that and to introduce them to the one who is the only way. So what difference does it make if we focus on Christ alone? 
Well, it, it takes the wrongful power away from the church. We are the body of Christ, not some oppressive institution that tries to control its people. If we ever, if we ever move in that direction, we've moved away from Christ alone. It takes perceived or false power away from us. And by standing on and proclaiming solus Christus, Christ alone, it puts Christ in his rightful place and keeps him there. Here we are on Anniversary Sunday. For 31 years, Christ has been preached. St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church starting in Leapheart Elementary and then moving to this location. For over three decades, trends have changed. The church has changed. People have come and gone and been affected. I have no doubt been blessed by St. Andrew's Presbyterian. And even pastors have come and gone. But this remains. Christ alone. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because of Christ alone, we must teach and preach Christ alone. Because of Christ alone, we go to Crossroads School and bring children over here to teach them about Christ alone. Because of Christ alone, we go to Haiti, England, Bulgaria, Ukraine, West Virginia, New York, Chattanooga, because of Christ alone, we do that. Everything we do here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church is because of Christ alone. And we gather and we lift our voices in praise because of Christ alone. Father, will you, will you cause that to be so burned into our souls that we live and breathe Christ alone. That we don't fall back, fall away, but we fall into the embrace of Jesus Christ and Him alone. And we pray this in the name of Christ alone. Amen.